It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Denver Broncos are who we thought they were, ladies and gentlemen. It was too good to be true last week against the Dallas Cowboys as the Philadelphia Eagles soar into Empower Field at Mile High and take it to the Denver Broncos in a 17-point home loss, not to mention our mobile quarterbacks, Vic Fangio's Kryptonite, plus our bi-week wish list, Sarah Benninger, myself. We break all that down on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us cover the Denver Broncos for the Locked On NFL Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow, subscribe, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube, and thank you for making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day. Sarah, it was just too good to be true, my friend, and the Broncos lay an egg at home. And look, I don't normally get, I don't, I don't get emotional. I don't really have any things affect me in terms of outcomes of games usually for the Broncos, but man, I feel fatigued right now. The bye week couldn't come quicker. And it just, this whole game was a disaster for Denver from the very beginning. And all of a sudden it's like you go last week, you dominate the NFL's best offense in the Dallas Cowboys who explode this week. And then all of a sudden you come and you lay an egg at home. I just, I don't get it, Sarah. This football team so inconsistent. Yeah, and that's the really disappointing thing I think about it, Cody, is the fact that you go out and you you go into Dallas, you go into Jerry's world, you dominate the Cowboys last week, and you 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 won the game the week before that as well against Washington, right? So now it's it, things are feeling good. Last week, the whole every every day on the podcast was feeling really good. It felt like the Broncos <laughs> had a really really good chance to get into the bye week at six and four, playing at home against a young quarterback. But like you said, they really struggle. Vic Fangio, that might be his kryptonite, the mobile quarterback. Jalen Hurts was awesome in this game. And and like you tweeted out during the game, Cody, if, if the Eagles don't want Jalen Hurts, I mean, he would look good in orange and blue. So yeah. uh, and I think they're going to – I think they're fixing to keep him around, though. Hopefully they make the wise decision there and, and value him. But, but yeah, it, it's extremely disappointing. I mean, how you can't look at it any two other ways. I mean, it was just – from start to finish, this game really just felt like the Denver Broncos were not prepared. Even though Vic Fangio said he didn't think they lacked focus in this game, it's clear to me, Cody, that they they lacked a lot of other things if it wasn't focus. Well, and even going back to it too, I mean, there were significant levels of breakdowns and and every facet of the game, offense, defense, and don't even get me started on special teams, man. But and this is where look, Broncos country, chime in. We know we feel your pain here. This is frustrating. This has been very frustrating. But let's talk about the Broncos defense in general here. The key was coming in against Jalen Hurts, who we have even said, look, the Broncos can't overlook him as a passer. I mean, the Broncos came out against the Eagles with the same game plan that they came out against the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And look, while Jalen Hurst didn't take too many shots downfield, the couple of shots that he had downfield, he converted on. And luckily for the Broncos, one wide receiver dropped the touchdown right before halftime that would have made the score a lot bigger at half in terms of the deficit. But 
the big story here, the Broncos couldn't stop the run. Now, Philadelphia coming into this game, they were the sixth-ranked rushing offense in the NFL. And by design, they have a really good system there. Their offensive line is physical, and they got after the Broncos, and they had 214 total yards rushing in this game in combination with Jalen Hurts and Gainwell and Jordan Howard. I mean, they just – they, they imposed their will on the Broncos here. So the rush defense, in my opinion, sir, was very disappointing from the standpoint that the Broncos simply couldn't get off the field. And even just simple things like contain on a couple of plays got lost, and it led to a first down. It was just death by inches here once again, sir. We're talking about it. And the Broncos offense, I mean, wh where do we even begin? Too inconsistent. You have one play, your first drive, you go negative yards, you punt the football away. Your next two drives, you put together really good productive drives that lead into scoring plays. And then you go back on your fourth drive, and it's the same, go backwards. I believe it was minus 15 yards and a punt on that on that whole entire thing. This game got away from the Denver Broncos really late in that third quarter, Sarah, and I know we'll talk about it here in a minute, but just the theme, special teams, a blocked field goal. Once again, that could have led to points. Just It's the accumulation of things that we have went back on through week one all the way to now, and we said, okay, hey, this needs to be fixed. And, of course, these same issues are coming up, and it's hurting the Broncos. Exactly. And I keep hearing, Cody, I keep reading on Twitter, at least, that Teddy Bridgewater is the best quarterback this team has had since Peyton Manning. And that might be the worst compliment you could possibly receive at this point, because, I mean, yeah. they've all been really bad if that's the case. So I unfortunately and I don't want to just bag on Teddy Bridgewater, but he's the leader of this team, right? He's the quarterback. He's the one who's supposed to make everything go he's supposed to be the catalyst he's supposed to be the one you know distributing the ball we were told he was the safer option at the quarterback position right so if if the best thing he does is just not turn the ball over i think the broncos need to once again consider the quarterback switch and and this is all super you know it might seem super knee-jerk reaction type you know, after a loss like this, we're recording this fresh after the loss. And, and it is it is fresh. It is exactly that. But we've been calling for Drew Locke a number of times. And, and it's not like Teddy Bridgewater has been the reason the Broncos have won the five games that they've won. You know, he has done a good job of taking care of the ball. But what is the reason for that? Or how has that happened? Well, it takes a lot of sacks. He holds the ball for a really long time. And frankly, he's not distributing the ball to the receivers very well at all. Cortland Sutton, does the guy even play for our team anymore? The biggest contributions he's made in the last couple of weeks are some downfield pass interference calls. And, and frankly, Teddy Bridgewater is simply not getting the job done where it matters the most, which is in the red zone, which is what everyone knew about him coming in this year from Carolina. And we just assumed or hoped or maybe just had this pie in the sky thought that, hey, you throw Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Albert O and Noah Fant and all these guys out on the field, the red zone woes for Teddy Bridgewater are just going to magically disappear. But unfortunately, it seems like they've gotten way worse. And you said it off the air, Cody, one for 11 on third down in this game. If there's not interceptions happening or strip sacks happening to your quarterback, I don't know how much worse it can get from a productivity standpoint to make that change. Well, and there's going to be a lot of things we talk about here a little bit later on the show because the bye week is here, Sarah, and honestly, it couldn't come at a better time. I think Broncos fans are fatigued. I'm fatigued. I got, I'm on the injury report now for the Broncos because <laughs> I'm fatigued from watching such inconsistent football. And look, I, I love watching the Broncos, but I love watching football, Sarah, and we talked about it. The NFL has been so weird this year, and we talked about it at the opening of the show. It was so weird that last week the Broncos go into Dallas, and they smack the Cowboys in the mouth, and they play really well. And there's everybody out there 
there saying that the Broncos got lucky against the Cowboys. Denver's coverage in their defense against the Cowboys was spot on. I don't know if anybody went back and watched the game tape, but if you do it, you see that. This was one of those games where it seemed like the Broncos, for some reason, couldn't figure out how to stop mobile quarterbacks, which presents another question coming up here in just a moment. Are mobile quarterbacks the kryptonite for Vic Fangio and this defensive scheme? Something we're going to talk about here in just a moment, here. But before we continue on, let's tell you about DirecTV Stream, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos Post Game Report. Ladies and gentlemen, does this sound familiar? You have five different logins to watch your favorite sports, TV, movies, or even your on-demand favorites. Well, that seems like a little bit of a hassle. Let me tell you about a way that you don't have to deal with that anymore, and it is DirecTV Stream. It lets you catch the game, and it lets you catch your on-demand favorites, your favorite favorite movies, your favorite TV shows, all in one place without the clutter, without the inconsistency, and that is Direct TV Stream here today, and it's a great way to get your TV together, and it brings your live TV and your on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling the remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream today. You can learn more at directtv.com. And you can see more details there. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required. Content varies by package. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or – could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. As we open up the second half action on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, Sarah, just want to say thank you so much to all the Broncos fans out there that through the first half of the season, they've come to Locked On Broncos every single day as their first listen for all the Broncos news, content, and coverage. A lot needs to happen this week for the bye week, and we're hoping that there's going to be some changes. But, Sarah, before we get into talking about our bye week wish list coming up a little bit later, I think we have to really talk about Vic Fangio's defense here when it comes to mobile quarterbacks. Now, it's not too often you play super mobile quarterbacks to the extent of guys like Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson. Now, we knew coming into this matchup that Jalen Hurts was behind Lamar Jackson by 196 rushing yards in terms of rushing production. Okay, that's fantastic there for him. And look, I think the Eagles have their franchise guy, and we were kind of talking about it later. There's a bunch of Eagles fans that, for some reason, they're not sold on Jalen Hurts, and I would take Jalen Hurts on this Broncos team as their quarterback right now. Easily. I mean, I don't even think it would be a debate right now. I would definitely take Jalen Hurts here. But for example, I think that there is a bigger issue that is looming. Now, even though the Broncos entered this bye week here, sitting at a five and five record, they're still very well in control of their destiny and they're still they have a chance for playoffs, right? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers game ended in a tie. The Cleveland Browns got smacked. Baker Mayfield got hurt. So that could obviously impact those situations where the Broncos lost those tiebreakers to those specific teams. But 
it's this mobile quarterback dynamic that really hurts the Broncos. And I'm looking at some other teams here on the schedule. Could you run into that a little bit, maybe with Justin Herbert? Now, he's not necessarily a mobile guy that's going to hurt you with his legs, but he loves to roll out. He, he loves to run that sprint pass. And guess who the Broncos play after the bye week, sir? The Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert. So uh, there's that. But the Broncos ran a lot of cover zero and a lot of cover one here. Not the robber coverage we were used to seeing last week against the Dallas Cowboys because the threat really for the Broncos, they felt they could match up with the weapons that Philadelphia has. And obviously Devonta Smith had a really good day. And his production in the red zone came specifically because of cover zero. Kyle Fuller outside leverage, the Broncos blitz, no help on the inside, easy touchdown. I mean, Sarah, in your opinion, do you feel like Vic Fangio has a hard time adjusting to athletic mobile quarterbacks, or do you feel like it's a personnel issue? I think he has a hard time adjusting, Cody, and, and the proof is really in the pudding, right? We talked uh, last week on, on the shows that we had about maybe, you know, against Lamar Jackson, what we saw Vic Fangio do there, bringing that cover zero that you mentioned wasn't the best of ideas. And, and sure enough, it burns the Broncos on that play and 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 frankly you challenged Jalen Hurts to beat you with his arm but you didn't really necessarily do it in a creative way I mean it it was like you said it just felt like something was super off with the defense in this game and it does feel like the mobile quarterback is Vic Fangio's kryptonite and I think what really hurt in this game Cody is the injury to Baron Browning and and I thought going into this game man it, it would be a really good idea to have Browning as kind of your quarterback spy and the Broncos tried a lot of man coverage. It looked like early on in this game and it just wasn't working out because they didn't have a spy on Jalen hurts. They had, there was that one play where, where Jalen scrambled for a, a ton of yardage and Kenny young was just sprinting back the other way. He was sprinting. He was almost looking like he was out running as a lead blocker for Jalen hurts on the play. And unfortunately, you know, that it looked like that because the Broncos didn't necessarily plan for Jalen to get out out of the pocket and break that contain. So it does feel like Vic Fangio's defensive scheme has gotten, you know, has gotten the the better of by mobile quarterbacks in recent weeks. Well, and I also want to throw it out here, too, because, look, I think Baron Browning, he and Kenny Young have so much potential together. I mean, it flashes off the tape when you watch them, but we knew Baron Browning coming into this matchup this week. He sat out one of the practices, I believe it was Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, he sat out with back spasms. He's having those issues there with his back, and then he comes back and practices Friday, does well in the walkthrough. First quarter, it flares up, and all of a sudden, you lose him now. So now you're forced to put in Curtis Robinson, who, look, no offense to Curtis Robinson, he's the Broncos, like, seventh or eighth inside line linebacker he's a practice squad guy normally so he's thrust into a position where he has to be on the field and meaningful reps without having a lot of reps in practice because of the fact that you have all these injuries you have some of these inconsistencies that are happening and so obviously Curtis Robinson struggled in this game I think that the Broncos really just their defense in general struggled because of the fact that they're leaking guys like Jordan Howard out of the backfield not on necessarily on swing routes but they're stepping them up to the line of scrimmage and then leaking them out on out routes that's a play that you were talking about with Kenny Young Kenny Young saw Jordan Howard getting out there so he had to go cover because he was wide open and I was surprised Jalen Hurts honestly didn't throw him the ball because he would have catch and run so he took it had 30 plus yards rushing on the ground I mean Denver when they needed to get a stop there they struggled with getting a stop especially on some third and long situations when you look at Philadelphia and I'm looking at it right here they were six of 13 on third down attempts there that's very efficient and when you can run the ball the way that you do 
They controlled the time of possession, 34 minutes in comparison to Denver's 25. And I want to say that that 25 minutes of possession for Denver is very skewed considering the fourth quarter there. The Broncos defense got a couple of stops there late in that fourth quarter, and so the Broncos possessed the ball a little bit longer. But, Sarah, I would say even the one thing that was a little bit more disappointing for me here is even late in that fourth quarter, okay, yeah, you're down 30 to 13. There's seven minutes left in the game. The Broncos have the ball, and there's still there's no sense of urgency. So all of a sudden last week we see urgency. This week, we don't see urgency. And a lot of it, too, I understand you can't stick with the run game when you're down multiple scores. But let's talk about really the, the play that broke things open here for the Denver Broncos. And it came really at the end of that third quarter. Fourth down, the Broncos go for a Melvin Gordon handoff. He fumbles the ball. Davion Taylor knocks the ball out. Darius Slay picks it up, and he runs it for a touchdown. I believe it was an 83-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown, literally with zero seconds on the clock and to end that third quarter. The most disappointing thing of that. Melvin Gordon's trying to get back there. Obviously, he fumbled. He's trying to get up. He's trying to run and make a tackle. Teddy Bridgewater is literally right there with Darius Slay. Literally, Sarah, if, if it's me to this microphone, I'm going to move the mic to my right side a little bit. He was this distance away from it, and he didn't even attempt to tackle him. I think this was the game where Teddy Bridgewater pretty much lost a good portion of the Broncos fan base because that effort play, I understand it. People are talking about, well, look what happened to Baker Mayfield. Here's the deal. There's 11 football players on the field. They have a helmet. They have a shoulder pad. And you have to be able to tackle. Look, yes, I get it, Teddy. You did not fumble the football there, but you could at least save the, a potential touchdown there. If he, if the Broncos, let's say Teddy tackles Darius Slate, what if the Broncos defense does get a stop, Sarah, to open up that fourth quarter? Instead, they enter with a 14-point deficit. Things like that add up it's a snowball effect and it leaves a very sour taste in your mouth i just from a from somebody who loves football sir watching that it left a sour taste in my mouth i mean you see it all the time yes tom brady doesn't go chase interceptions baker mayfield did and he got hurt but here's the deal you can't use that as an excuse to not make a play when it could potentially save a touchdown something that could change the outcome of the game which it did in this instance i think that's really well said cody and, and it does it, it makes me furious just to even you know see the screenshots and the screen ah, grabs that people are oh doing i mean it it looks worse the more you watch it and, and for teddy bridgewater you're not tom brady you know and, and people will bring up yeah peyton manning would have done the same thing but you're not peyton manning you're not the mvp of the nfl right so peyton at least tried yeah. to tackle dudes yeah, and and even then too, like when when Peyton was throwing pick sixes or when he was trying to when he was having to run to tackle somebody, the Broncos were probably at that point in the, in the at this point in the season when he was doing that, they were probably like eight and two or you know seven and one or something like that. You yeah. know, well the Broncos are five and four, and you're fighting and scratching and clawing for the playoffs. You're fighting and scratching and clawing for any bit of relevance. And Teddy, you know what? You got to pick up your teammate. You're the quarterback, and, and I agree. You know, with a lot of these quarterbacks, they should be making business decisions. And Teddy's already had a concussion this year. He's already had a couple of other injuries. So I get it. But, like, is he really thinking about that in that moment? Is he really thinking about the fact that, like, while that play is happening, while Darius Slay is running down the field and he's kind of running alongside him, like you said, uh, inches away, is he really thinking about, man, I, I had a concussion a few weeks back. I should probably lay off. Like, is that happening in real time? I just don't buy that. And, and I think that maybe Teddy will get to hear from him at some point here in the near future, whether it's, you know, Sunday night as we're recording this, we'll get to hear a presser later or, or what have you. But it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say about that. And if he was just like, you know, look, like I did, I got a concussion earlier this season. I, I didn't want to get hurt. 
Um, at least you could respect the honesty there. But man, at the same time, everybody that's listening to this podcast wants the Denver Broncos to win games. And, and if your quarterback doesn't give off the same vibe, like I will do anything to help the Denver Broncos win games. If your quarterback, but I won't not do that. that. <laughs> yeah, I, but I won't do that. Exactly. If your quarterback's not willing to do whatever it takes to win a game, Cody, I, to me, that's the most unacceptable thing about it. Yeah, and that that's the frustrating pain point about this whole entire game when you go back. There's there's a couple of plays, and we're going to bring up another Teddy Bridgewater play. And like you said earlier, I don't want to sound like we're just sitting here bagging on Teddy the whole show, but there's some things obviously we have to address, especially with the bye week coming up. And that means there is a bye week wish list that both Sarah and I have discussed that maybe we want to bring up in Broncos country. You're more than welcome to get involved in the conversation. Reply on YouTube to this video with your Broncos bye week wish list, or also tweet us on Twitter at Cody Work NFL at Sarah Benger. Coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get to that. But let's tell you about Built Bar, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos Post Game Report. And yes, Thanksgiving's coming up. You, that means there's a lot of pie, right? And pie is really good. It's tasty. It tastes really sweet. But Sarah, a slice of pie usually on average contains about 300 calories. I like pie, and I'm probably going to have a lot of pie this Thanksgiving. But in the meantime, while I need a healthy substitute until Thanksgiving Day, I like to settle for Built Bar, which is a great, fantastic, delicious treat to have. That is not only a protein bar, the best protein bar out there on the market, but also the healthiest protein bar out there on the market today. The bars contain 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar per bar. And they taste legitimately like a candy bar because the bars are made out of 100% milk chocolate. They have nine amazing delicious flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor that you can check out at built.com. For the holiday season, make sure you get you and your family a box of Built Bar by going to built.com. And when you go to checkout, make sure you type in promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 gets you 15% off at built.com. And our other sponsor of today's episode shows are good friends over there, betonline.ag. And as we approach the bye weeks there, we have NFL action, we have NBA action, UFC, MMA action, and BetOnline is the number one place for all the action when it comes to your sports betting. Head to the new website. They have a brand new updated interface that makes it easy for users to find the latest odds, props, and contest information and sign up today. And make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. That's going to give you a 50% welcome to Positive bonus when you first sign up with betonline.ag today. Promo code locked on gets you 50% welcome bonus on your first sign up today. Check it out from basketball, football, baseball, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season at betonline.ag. Betonline is also the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Betonline where the game starts. All right, sirs, we jump into the fourth quarter action. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Unfortunately, the Broncos fall to 5-5, five and five, heading into the bye week. The next matchup is going to be against the L.A. Chargers coming off the bye week. Obviously, there's a lot the Broncos have to do between now and then. We just want to say thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We have you covered all throughout the bye week as well. We have a lot of fun and interactive segments planned for you, the listeners all across Broncos country with Sarah. Let's get into our bi-week wish list here. And look, I, I'm going to start things off here. And I put this down on my whiteboard right in front of me. And it says, new quarterback, question mark. And, and the reason I say that, this is an offense led by Teddy Bridgewater. And I put this tweet out there. When the Broncos have a lead, sir, Teddy Bridgewater is probably the best bet you can have in terms of the quarterback position there because you can hand the ball off. He's going to throw those short dink and dunk passes. But when this team is trailing by 14 points, you need someone that's going to test downfield. And there was a, a wide open miss that, he, you know, he could have had Jerry Judy. It was an out and up. He threw it way before Judy broke on the up. And it was just, it was incomplete on third and 15. But there was one play that I'd say is probably the most frustrating outside of the, the non-tackle attempt at Darius Slay. 
you're not going to win this game. Denver's driving downfield. They're in the red zone. Tim Patrick is wide open. If Teddy sets his feet and he throws a strike, he's going to find Tim Patrick wide open, and it's going to be a touchdown. The score is going to be a little bit more respectable than losing by 17 at home. Instead, on fourth down, he throws it out of the back of the end zone, throws it away, essentially. I mean, Tim Patrick had no chance of that, so he threw it away, and from that moment, the Boo Birds came in. Sarah, in my opinion, here's where the Broncos are at heading into the bye week. Okay, you're 5-5. Five and five. You know that if you're trailing, it's not going to work with Teddy. And look, we've been on record of saying it here. We don't know how it would look like with Drew Locke. And yes, Drew Locke wouldn't have played in this game anyways because he was out due to COVID. Brett Rippon would have probably stepped in if the Broncos were to make any change there. But why not roll with Drew Locke in the second half of the season and really try to focus on establishing the realm of Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams? And yes, I know Melvin fumbled. I know Broncos fans are mad at him. Yes, you have every right to be mad at Melvin Gordon. But he and Javante Williams together, Sarah, when they're in rhythm, I, I tell you what, it's fun to watch. It's special. And the Broncos offense, for some reason, goes away from it. And yes, no Pat Sherman in this game. He's out due to COVID. Mike Shula was calling it from the sideline. I get it. That's not an excuse, though, because the Broncos at times were in rhythm with the run game. I just think that maybe a new quarterback is going to give them a chance to have life to throw the ball downfield because defenses are now playing when they have the lead. They're playing off, and they're just allowing Teddy to throw it short, and they're rallying. And Sarah, this is not sustainable for the rest of the season if the Broncos want to have a chance to get into the playoffs. It's not sustainable at all. And I love the the play that you brought up, Cody, the, the play to Tim Patrick. The play right before that, too, he sailed it out of the end zone as well on an opportunity to score on third and seven. So, yeah, you're throwing the ball 10 yards over Tim Patrick's head on fourth and seven. Doesn't make any sense. And it wasn't like he just missed. You know, it, it was a really, really bad throw. It almost looked like he, you know, I, I, hate, to, I hate to assume things, but, I mean, it's kind of like when you're ticked off about – being ice cold, like on the basketball court or something, and you just kind of chuck a ball at the backboard <laughs> or something because you're just ticked off. And and he was probably just ticked off at that point. So I agree. It's not sustainable. I think it is time to make a change. I think it's time to let Drew Lott go out there and see what you got. You know the running game is going to work against loaded boxes. The Broncos have been seeing that all season long. So it's not like that's going to change. But what it does give you the opportunity to do is use Drew Lott where he's best off play action, get him the opportunity to get out in space, make some throws, get your vertical passing attack going. Let's see some more of those deep in routes from the receivers. Let's let's see some more deep in routes, Cody. Let's see some more targets in general for Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton and, and even Jerry Judy, who in this game, you know, he, he was getting a lot of targets, but only on like three and four yard curl routes it seems yeah. so i want to see more involvement from those outside receivers and, and the running game is is nice to see it's nice to see some consistency there right they have been having success there the line is blocking fairly well in that regard so it's not sustainable though the way teddy bridgewater is playing the quarterback position right now well, I love seeing Quinn Miners pull as well. He's going to be fun to watch, Sarah. And look, I'm glad he's getting in now. He's getting an opportunity to work in there. But even too, you mentioned targets here. And I just want to mention here, Corlin Sutton had three targets in this game. He had one catch for 26 yards, and the second catch was only for three yards. But you have a guy like him, and you're not the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater is not even looking to go to him. Corlin Sutton has as many targets as a receiver as Javante Williams has as a receiver. That, in my opinion, Sarah, is unacceptable. You mentioned Jerry Judy. Love having him back. Nine targets, six catches, but you have to distribute the ball a little bit more. Okay, Albert Okwebunam got involved. No, fan got involved. It's nice to see. But when you fixate on certain parts of the field, it becomes easier on film for defenses to go and say, hey, you know, we can really do this against one of their bigger receivers. We know these guys are going to catch the ball. Let's limit it to them throwing it to this guy short. And look, Albert Okwebunam had a really good play in this game, and I don't want this episode to sound completely negative. I think if we could talk 
talk about guys that really stood out there here quickly. I'm going to go with Albert Okwebunam. I'm going to say Jonathan Cooper was once again flashing off the screen for me. And even Patrick Sertan, he had great coverage against Devonta Smith on that touchdown catch. That was a great throw and even a better play there by Devontae Smith. So here's the deal. I, I can't get mad at Patrick Sertan for that. He almost had an interception, though. Uh, and obviously, Justin Simmons had an interception in this game. It's it just when the Broncos needed their D-line to step up, they just couldn't do it. And the linebackers had a hard time. And look, Kenny Young was fighting through blocks, but they were running right at Curtis Robinson. So you go back and you watch this game, it leaves a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. I, I agree with you. I think the Broncos need to look at maybe a different quarterback in the second half of the season. I, I just don't think that what they're doing right now is sustainable. Will that happen? I mean, Sarah, let's be real. Vic Fangio came out in his post-game press conference, and he said that he thought Teddy Bridgewater played well. I I didn't see it necessarily. I, I saw I saw Teddy playing it way too safe. And in my opinion, sir, that's mm -hmm. been the issue. The Broncos are playing things way too safe, and they're scared to take chances. And when they do, it just it's completely you know it discombobulated. I don't even know what word mm -hmm. I was going to say there. There, I finally yeah. found it. Thank you, dictionary. But outside of that, I, something else has to change. And, and I'm going to say it too because this has been something that, and you and I were talking off air. It seems like. There's two plays every game where the Broncos special teams unit comes back and they just absolutely hinder whatever progress the team is making. And sure enough, you have two weeks in a row. Last week it was a blocked punt. You know, fortunately enough for them, the Cowboys touch it and you were able to recover it again. And that was the Broncos ball. Great rule, by the way. I don't care what Jerry Jones has to say. He's an idiot. But outside of that, you have a blocked field goal. And Sarah, simply things like that, when it takes points off the board, it's unacceptable. And once again, special teams continue to hurt the Broncos. It's a real shame, right? I mean, Tom McMahon, his unit, it, they continue to, to stumble every single week. They continue to make one really, really bad mistake every single week, at least one. You know, and if it's not a really bad mistake, as in giving up blocked kicks, which those seem to be far too frequently, it's, you know, missed field goals or it's holding penalties on this, you know, punt return, kick return. It's, it's false starts on your field goal. It's stupid stuff that's, you know, shouldn't be happening. And Tom McMahon at his press conference on Friday, for anyone who watched it, um, I might have been one of like five, you know, he, he was like, that all that all falls on me. That's all my that's all on me. And I'm like, all right, well, we so, hear that every week. So what? <laughs> so what now? You know, it's like, what are you what are you going to actually do about it? Let's stop talking about, yeah, we got to do this better. Let's actually see it happen. I'm with you. And honestly, I don't know what more we can say. Thankfully, the bye week is here. It couldn't have come at a better time. And with that said, I'm going to throw the pen up in the air. Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. We're with you. We're living in a world of suck right now. This is a very disappointing loss. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't get emotionally invested in the outcomes of Broncos games. When they win, it's cool because the fan base is excited. It makes me excited. But when they lose, it just it sucks for everybody. And so this was one of those dejecting losses that myself and Sarah Bettinger, we have felt and we're with you there, Broncos country. Stay with us. We appreciate you. We're going to guide you through the good and the bad here in the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to the Lockdown Broncos podcast as your first listen of the day. And for your second listen, go check out the Peacock and Williamson show here on the Lockdown NFL Network. Sarah Bettinger and myself, we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new mailbag episode, Locked on Broncos. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.